If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multiamory Podcast. On this episode of the Multiamory Podcast, we're talking about healing old wounds and resentment in relationships. So, some fights in relationships resolve really quickly right after they happen. Some can escalate and last for a while, like a week or a couple weeks. But some hurts, the ones we're talking about today, continue to last in a relationship for months or even years after it's actually been resolved that those hurts still last. And what we mean by an old wound is like a conflict or hurt that continues to be brought up or rehashed over the span of maybe even many months or even years. Mm -hmm. Um, And all three of us have examples of this, not just with each other, but also with other partners. Um, So this has definitely happened in our lives, and I'm assuming it's probably happened in yours as well. Dear listener out there. (laughs) That's the thing about being in long-term relationships as human beings is you develop a lot of history. And ideally, most of it's good history that you share together. But sometimes it can mean that these wounds and these hurts can develop and build up over time. And, you know, I think that's why you end up seeing people who've been together for 50 years, but don't talk to each other anymore. (laughs) I think that's why we always cite that, you know, the length of a relationship doesn't necessarily mean that it's more successful or more happy. Even though we often hold that up as like a marker of like, oh, so successful. They've been together for so long. But if it's, you know, a 50-year history where you both have hurt each other so much and you're just holding it against each other and now you're miserable, then, I mean, that's not great. Yeah, and sadly, a lot of these old wounds can breed resentment from Mm. both parties. Right. And so that, like you're saying with a long-term relationship can really begin to make it into something that possibly tends to go downhill as time goes on. So we're going to talk about that. And I I do want to just clarify real quick that in this episode, we're not talking about an active ongoing, you know, thing that's happening. Like, that, uh, you know, my, my partner treats me disrespectfully and we get into fights about it and this is still happening today and it's even, been happening for years. Even small or, things like we always argue about who does the dishes. Like that's an ongoing fight that we have. Right. So that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is something that happened and, and maybe this was a big thing or maybe it was something a little bit smaller, but that happened and has been resolved and has been apologized for and... You know, things have been fixed, so this hasn't happened again, but these wounds keep coming up. The hurt Mm -hmm. from it keeps coming up, or Mm -hmm. the, you know, feeling of being betrayed keeps coming up. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, you know, it can look, again, big or small, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's what we're talking about in this episode. Yeah. So, some signs and symptoms that there might be some old wounds still hanging around in your relationship. Um, If you're in an argument with your partner and stuff from the past gets brought up um, in an argument that may be about something else entirely unrelated. You know, maybe you are arguing about the dishes and your partner brings up 
that time that you didn't text her back for six hours from two years ago. Um, sure. Yeah. And maybe that's really surprising to you, or maybe that's something that happens a lot in times of conflict with your partner. Um, so if that's happening over and over again, that stuff from the past, or if something specific, a specific event from the past keeps being brought into every argument, then that's a sign that there's some kind of old wound sticking around there. Yeah. Uh, another example of this would be something that you feel like you've apologized for, but your your partner keeps expecting more from the apology or from recognition of the the wrong that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, on this episode, we've been, you know, we're, we're going to make light of this a little bit by talking about things like, oh, you didn't text me for six hours. <laughs> but this is honestly could be much bigger things, too. Mm-hmm. This could be some kind of infidelity Mm -hmm. that happened in the Mm -hmm. past or it could be there was that time when you know i got really sick or i was in a car accident and you didn't leave work to come Mm -hmm. take care of me or something and i felt really abandoned and betrayed by that um anyways this this really can run the range from from pretty big things to smaller ones Mm -hmm. Uh, but so So there's this yeah this when you you feel like you've apologized but they seem to act like you haven't Yeah, and there's the opposite from the other end of the spectrum as well. So if you still feel hurt about something that happened a long time ago, even if your partner has apologized about it. Mm -hmm. So you're on the other end, you're the one who feels like you got the brunt of the hurt, um, and then you still continue to feel hurt even after the apology has Mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. Or if you feel like you have a constant fear of your partner hurting you again, Mm -hmm. um, if that's just constantly like, festering in the back of your head of oh god what is going to happen are they going to sometime you know do this thing to me again and if that's causing a big rift in your relationship right and then there can also be the other side of that which is if you're feeling constant worry that your partner is going to bring up this one incident from the past again like if you're constantly Mm -hmm. feeling like guilt yeah yeah, like maybe it's like oh i know i need to have a difficult conversation with my partner about something else entirely but i know that somehow we're going to end up talking about this other thing again. Um, if you find yourself thinking that or, or worrying that about might. that, yeah. or yeah, that we might, um, that might be another sign that there's there's an old wound here that needs to be healed. Yes, exactly. Um, so what we want to talk about in this episode are some things from both sides. Whether, uh, you know, and this obviously is is oversimplifying it a little bit to say that it's something that one person did and another person was hurt by, um, but what we're really getting at, and you know, maybe things from both sides of this can apply to you, but what we're really getting at is that there's the person who still feels hurt, and there's the person who still feels like they've hurt the other partner, or mm-hmm. you know, who has a partner who still feels hurt. Um, so we're going to start with one of those, and then we'll go to the other side and talk about some some techniques and things to think mm-hmm. about to try to resolve these and to reestablish some harmony and stability in your relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So first we're going to address the person. If you are the person who is with a partner who still feels hurt, we initially, in our initial notes, we called this person like the perpetrator or the conflict initiator, but we don't think is necessarily accurate. Yeah, kind of oversimplifies it. Yeah, we couldn't come up with with a catchy term for it. So if you are in a relationship and your partner still feels hurt about something that happened in the past, um, you know, whether you did something wrong or not, or just your partner was hurt by something that 
they feel like you did to them in the past. Um, right. There's a number of things that you can do to help the process of healing these wounds. Um, the first one is something that we covered pretty recently, well, which is to become aware of apology yeah, languages. Week. Yeah, apology languages. So you can go back to episode 135, which is the episode just before this one, um, to hear Jason and I talking about apology languages. And basically, apology language theory is similar to love language theory, um, which is that we give and receive apologies in very specific ways. And the way that I apologize to my partner may not land with them if their apology language is different, even though to Mm. me it feels like I apologized. And so God Dr. Gary Chapman categorizes the (laughs) apology languages into five categories. There's expressing regret, accepting responsibility, having genuine repentance, requesting forgiveness, and making restitution. And so you're going to want to go back, listen to that episode. Um, You can go take the quiz online to figure out what your apology language is. Mm -hmm. Be great if you could have your partner also take the quiz and find out what their apology language is. Because if you're in this dynamic where you feel like you've apologized many times for a particular hurt, but your partner still feels like you haven't really apologized, that may be what's going on, that maybe you may not be offering your partner the specific thing that they need in order to be able to let go and move on. Yeah, this has been something that's been really helpful for Dedeker and myself, because we just looked this up, and it was interesting to see how, uh, you know, certain areas neither of us really care about in the apology languages, and other ones, it's like, oh, this is really important to you, whereas this one is to me. Uh, And it's actually really helpful and and enlightening, even just for understanding about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But as it applies to this... If specifically the concern that keeps coming up is feeling like you haven't apologized enough for something, that this might be a good place to start in terms of trying to get to the bottom of what it is that your partner is looking for from you. Right. Yeah. Um, So the next one is going to be something that's probably a little bit more easier said than done, but (laughs) that's just be a little patient um, because sometimes it's going to be difficult Mm -hmm to forgive um, something that occurred Mm. for your partner to do so. And it often will take time. And just don't dismiss your partner's feelings of betrayal by telling your partner just to get over it. Yeah. Um, Instead, you know, be understanding, be patient, help them through the pain, um, and tell them that you're there for them without continuing to perpetuate your own guilt, because that's probably not going to help either. Yeah, there's a few... There's a few things inside of this mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. look at. Yeah. So first of all, the process the process that your partner is going through of being able to forgive and let go, provided that they are doing that work and they do want to let it go, it is going to be something that takes time. And while, you know, maybe your partner's apology language is uh, involves you asking for forgiveness. While you may ask for forgiveness, that doesn't mean that your partner is going to give it right away. Um, mm. Forgiveness is this process that can take a while. Um, It can really take a while to integrate and to be able to let go of something. And so it is important for you to remember to have some patience for that. However, if this keeps being brought up in multiple fights or this keeps being thrown in your face, of course, it's going to be frustrating. And of course, you are going to want to tell your partner, hey, get the fuck over it, (laughs) essentially, and I'm sick of this. The problem is that the minute that you do that, 
it's kind of like taking two steps backwards. Like the minute that you mm-hmm. throw it back in your partner's face, you've probably done more to harm the forgiving and letting go process than to help it. And so it's really important to have a support network, have people outside of your partner that you can go to to talk about this, to vent your frustrations, um, to get other opinions on what it is that happened. Um, it can just be really helpful to have minds and opinions and voices outside of just your relationship for you to be able to process and get support so that you can generate more of that energy to be patient and compassionate with your partner who's still struggling with this. Yeah. And something I wanted to bring up with this is when we say being able to forgive can take time, it can take a lot of time, that there is no real clear-cut answer here to Mm -hmm. how long is, you know, Acceptable. Too long. Too yeah, long. how long is acceptable <laughs> and how long is just normal? Uh, and, it, you know, it does really vary depending on the severity of what it was that happened. Mm. Um, and, you know, how big a betrayal or maybe another way to put it, how big a change of understanding of the relationship this is, you know, this requires. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, there are things that it could be very reasonable that it might take a couple of years to get over something. And that's not, that doesn't mean that they're failing at it mm-hmm. if it does take a while. Whereas if it's, you know, taking a couple of years to get over not texting for a few hours, uh, you know, not getting back as quick as they thought you should, right? That's obviously more likely to be a problem it's than hard, it is. But it's hard though because that's all subjective. Yeah. It is all well, subjective. And hopefully, sorry, go ahead, Em. No, I mean, just uh, hopefully the person would be taking steps to make an incremental change to make like, you know, continue to, even if you are harboring kind of some hurt or whatever, that it still is moving forward. That yeah. you still are like, okay, I understand that part of this is my own reaction and I understand that I need to, you know, continue moving forward with yeah. um, feeling better about this. So I think, I don't know if that is at all present, that mm-hmm. it can be easier to deal with the fact that someone may over a long period of time feel hurt or feel shitty about something that's going on. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, but, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. get to that in the second we'll half get of into the episode. That, yeah. that, is, yeah. that is kind of the thing here is that it's not all about the partner who is perceived to have caused the hurt doing all the work Mm -hmm. to try to make it up to the other person. That may be part of it, but it also involves work on the side of the person who is hurt to be actively pursuing healing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Something Um, if they actually want to heal, sometimes people don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and we'll get to that a little bit too. Uh, Something else actually that I wanted to add about this is um, in terms of being patient with your, with your partner and giving them, the time that they need um, is also doing whatever you can to show them that this isn't something that they need to keep worrying about. Hmm. Um, and so if this was some kind of a betrayal is taking steps to, to show really clearly, you know, why this isn't going to happen again, what it is that's actually changed and why this is different now, instead of just, you know, the, uh, I'm sorry that I did that, which, you know, people can interpret well, okay. as, I'm sorry I got caught. Hang on, because I'm going to play devil's advocate. Okay, sure. Because often these come up in situations where a partner feels hurt, but the person that they think hurt them doesn't think that they did anything wrong. That's and, true. And where sometimes, where maybe they didn't do anything wrong, maybe it was a misunderstanding, maybe it was a mistake. And so 
if I'm in a case where it's like, I don't think I did something wrong, mm-hmm. like it was mistaken, then yeah, maybe I it's, mean, it's I think not that's always, a different thing than what I was talking about. Then it's about not always that. clear how I can change my behavior, you know. Well, in, in that case, I don't partner. think. In that case, I don't think that's what you should do. Mm. But in the case where it is something that you did do wrong, if trust was violated, mm. then it's taking steps to show that's not going to keep happening again, like right. that that's not going to happen again to rebuild that trust mm-hmm. and understanding that rebuilding that trust will take time, and that forgiveness and trusting a person again are two different processes Right. Mm. that maybe I've forgiven you for something, but it doesn't mean I totally trust you yet. Mm. And that those two things don't have to happen at the same time mm. and that they both take time. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to go to what you were talking about, I think we can continue with with the next section here. Yeah. So speaking of forgiveness, it can be important to forgive yourself you know, Absolutely. so let's say let's say if you do acknowledge that you did something to hurt your partner and you acknowledge that that was not OK to do, um, you know, your partner's process of forgiving and letting go may be separate from your own process of forgiving and letting go. Um, learning to accept yourself and forgive yourself can be really useful because I think sometimes it can be so tempting to be like, well, my partner feels bad and still feels hurt. That means I have to feel guilty and I have to beat myself up. And maybe if I beat myself up enough, maybe that will prove to my partner Um, that I truly feel guilty about this or bad about this, which is not the most mentally healthy thing Mm -hmm. to do. And so through this process, it's really important to care for yourself, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. Um, Like we were saying earlier, that's why it can be helpful to reach out to a support network, to reach out to professional help, to reach out to people outside of you, because sometimes that can help if other people know what's going on for you to have a sense of of where you actually stand on the issue. Um, uh, Because, I mean, this isn't supposed to be an episode on gaslighting. That's a whole Pandora's box of opening up because sometimes in these situations you can be unintentionally or intentionally being gaslit by a partner who insists that what you did was wrong, even if you know that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, guilt... Uh, is a very like deep-seated emotion that tends to kind of color the rest of your existence in a lot of mm-hmm. ways and you carry it and it um, can really affect the rest of your life in a lot of ways um, that are very very negative and I've found that in these situations too it's kind of nice to get away from the situation at times as in um, maybe even leaving or doing something like going on a retreat for a week or whatever Um, and getting some mental clarity outside of, like, the specific situation at hand in front of you. At least that's how I've been able to Mm. do things like forgive myself for guilt that's been there in the past for a long period of time um, and really get some clarity regarding what actually is occurring or what did occur. Right. I think that's a great example of another form of of outside support. It Mm -hmm. could be kind of more of a solo, I need just some Mm. time away. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it could be... Like like Dedeker was saying, a support group or actual professional support, whether that's a coach or a therapist or something like that, because it is really important to one, you know, forgive yourself, or two is like Dedeker was saying to be clear on where you actually stand on this issue, and if you did something wrong, to understand what that is and know that you have changed that. Or Mm -hmm. if there are also parts of it that you didn't do wrong to have clarity on that. Mm -hmm. Because something we talk about a lot on this show is the idea that just because you feel hurt doesn't mean that somebody hurt you. Right. It means they did something that caused you to feel hurt. 
um, or that, sorry, let me change that language a bit, that they did something and you felt hurt as a result not of that, that thing happening. Not that they necessarily caused it. Yeah. It's not this, this clear causality like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that in getting clarity on yourself can help you to maintain your own emotional and mental health during that process of them getting over a hurt without needing to feel like the way the only way to fix this is for me to accept all of the responsibility mm. for their hurt. Yeah. It really yeah. depends on the situation though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping code M-U-L-T-I. So now we're going to go to the other side, which is if you're the person who still feels hurt about something Mm -hmm. that your partner did in the past or some, I don't know, some kind of wound, some kind of argument, some kind of conflict that happened in the past in your relationship and it's still coming up for you. Um, And there's a lot of things that you can do to start tackling this and to start moving forward in the process of healing. And I think what I kind of teased at earlier is this does require you to want to heal from it mm, and it's a good point <laughs> it's and i say that and it, it, that seems like obvious well duh why wouldn't you want to heal from it but you know some like i've seen in relationships sometimes when you have a hurt that you feel like your partner did to you it can create a weird and kind of messed up power dynamic if you yeah, feel you can, like, like hold it over you their hold head it over forever. them you know and especially mm-hmm. if it gets you the results of like your partner kowtowing or trying to make it up to you yeah. sometimes it can be like oh that's actually kind of nice and so you can hang on to it and sometimes this isn't happening Not, yeah. on a conscious level yeah. like very Thank rarely you. are you actually actively thinking like oh i'm going to intentionally hold on to this so that i can get my partner to do what i want them to do usually it's more below the surface more insidious so mm-hmm. it is important to check in with yourself and actually think about like do i really want to heal from this do i actually really want to envision a world where this isn't coming up in arguments where my partner and i are happy where i feel like i trust my partner and i feel free of this hurt essentially so that's kind of the first step in all of this before taking this journey of actually healing yeah so uh the first technique that we wanted to share here um is a mindfulness technique mm-hmm. did you want to talk about this one yeah you're into this yeah so uh this is actually based on some PTSD recovery techniques mm. that I've been taught. Um, 
And there's these two techniques, one's called replacement and one's called resourcing. And the idea with, let's start with resourcing because that's kind of the easier one, is that when you have images of this particular betrayal or hurt that come to mind, and it could come to mind because of a particular trigger, maybe your partner says or does something that reminds you of that time and it comes up, or it could just be out of nowhere. You could be laying in bed in the middle of the night and suddenly it just comes to your mind and is really upsetting. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when images of that betrayal or hurt come up, then resourcing means that you check in with a part of your body that actually feels good. Because chances are, if you're reliving a betrayal from the past, there may be tightness in your chest, your stomach may feel sick, you know, your muscles may get tense, you're probably having some kind of physical reaction in your body to it. And so it can be important to check in with like, what are the parts of your body that are relaxed? that aren't hanging on to this. And so you just kind of dip into that until the episode passes, essentially, until you're not feeling quite so tense or sick or, you know, upset. Um, So that's resourcing. The other side of that is replacement, which is when an image of the betrayal or the feelings from that hurt come up again, it's thinking of something calming or intentionally doing something to distract yourself from it. You know, maybe it means like, oh, I need to stop dwelling on this. I'm going to go play video games for an hour. (laughs) Um, And, you know, provided that you are handling this, you're not just using this to bury it. It can help you to get out of just habits of negative thoughts. It can also be helpful. I've actually done this in the past to write out a list of all the good things that you appreciate about your partner or write Mm. out a list of good memories that you have in your relationship and just have that Mm. handy. You could have it on like a Google Doc on your phone so that when you find yourself slipping into this spiral of remembering the hurt, you can bring those to mind. You can think about all the qualities you appreciate about your partner. You can think about the good memories that you have to help you not get into such a negative spiral about the relationship or about the hurt that happened. That's great. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. So the next one is going to be um, changing the narrative or redefining the story that you have about what occurred with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be really helpful to collaborate with your partner on this one. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it a little more? Yeah, this is... Um, gosh, redefining your story uh, is a big one. That I think we maybe we'll... We do a whole episode on that. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's something we'll talk about more in the future. But just kind of... Briefly, uh, this is something that Dedeker and I have done for a number of different things, and we've actually added it as part of our monthly check-in now, where oh, we'll cool. kind of say, hey, are there any stories that we have about each other that we that we do want to change, that we want to intentionally change? And it mm-hmm. could be something as simple as uh, changing the story that I feel like you're upset with me all the time <laughs> to... You're that to a story that you're fine and you're just easily distracted by things, or right? Like, whatever, or you're fine and you just have resting bitch face, or (laughs) yeah, something like that. Um, and so Uh. in this case, it it could either involve changing the story about the present tense because it could be one of these things where you get caught into this feedback loop of maybe your partner is starting to get over this, or, or maybe, sorry, if we're on this side, maybe you are starting to get over this. But because it's been so long that you would frequently get triggered or bring it up again, your partner, like we talked about earlier, might be a little bit on the defensive. They Mm -hmm. might be a little scared that you're going to bring it up again. And their scared reaction makes you think, oh, they must be feeling guilty about something. Uh, That must mean I should, there's something to be upset Mm -hmm. about. And it kind of, you fall back into this cycle because you've gotten so used to that story, Mm. that narrative of how our 
interactions play out in these situations. So this could be a good example of a time when coming together and saying, okay, I feel like we're mostly over this, but we're falling into this pattern. What can we do to change the story? Like what would be a better story that I could have about you? And what would be a better story you could have about me? So like a practical example is maybe it is that, you know, that one time I got really sick and had to go to the emergency room and you didn't take off work to come check Mm -hmm. in on me. And I felt really abandoned and betrayed. And maybe this happened five years ago and there's nothing else that's happened since then to suggest that, but it's still there and it's still present for you. You can sit down and collaborate with your partner and it can be very helpful to just ask your partner, how do you want me to see you? Like, how do you want to be seen? And maybe Mm. your partner say, like, I want you to see me as someone who's there for you and who does care about you and does prioritize taking care of you. And then it's like, then you have something to work with. Then you have like, okay, like I need to change my story that instead of my partner is going to abandon me, my partner doesn't care about my needs, that I can proactively change that story to be like, no, my partner is somebody who does care for me and isn't going to abandon me. Um, And it can be especially helpful if you have obviously evidence in that time since then that you can bring up to yourself to know that that's, that's not the case, that, that, that this is just kind of a, a story that you have about your partner. But yeah, having those conversations and checking into the stories that we have about each other um, and being willing to actively change those can really make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And that's kind of a good tool to use for this next one here, which is about radical acceptance which is a specific technique for letting go and forgiving. Um, And uh, Emily, do you want to talk about this one a little bit? Yeah, it's about accepting um, life's terms and not like resisting what you cannot choose and what you cannot change. Um, It's just about saying like yes to life just as it is. And essentially, look, I accept what happened. I understand that, and I'm accepting the fact that I can't change the outcome. It Mm. occurred, and I'm going to choose to move on from there. So not just, like, continuing to kind of be victimized by the situation, but instead accepting it as it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I know this has come up with some clients in the past and also in some of my relationships in the past, that if you're finding yourself thinking... Like, I wish I could just go back in time and change what happened. Like, that's, I feel like, the only way that I can move past this. It may be time to practice some radical acceptance. Because right. obviously, yeah. uh, you know, none of us have a time machine yet. And we can't go back into the past and change that the way we things know happened. Of. That we know of. Um, that it may be time to recognize that that now is the time within yourself to start generating that acceptance. Provided that, of course, also your partner's making the effort and you understand that, that you know, your relationship is healthy as it is in the present. Um, having that acceptance of not being able to change the past and knowing that it is what it is, it was what it was, things happened, yeah. and it's in the past, and now we can focus on the present and on moving forward. Um, another important part of a radical acceptance is accepting that you may never get to actually know the reason why your partner made this particular transgression or made this choice or made this mistake. And people can get really hung up on trying to figure out the reason why. People could really hound their partners of like, tell me why you did this. Why did you make this choice? Why did you make this mistake? Thinking that if I get an acceptable reason why, maybe then I'll be able to move past it. And either 
either chances are either you're not going to get the reason why your partner may not even know the reason why or you're not going to get the answer that you want to hear right um yeah it may be a different reason your partner may just be like i don't know it it sounded like a good idea at the time (laughs) you know um and even if you get a reason why it may not be the key to the thing that makes you feel better um, and it just one more thing that I wanted to bring up is that suffering is an optional thing, but pain is not. Hmm. So you do kind of practice suffering over and over again. And in the same way, you can choose to accept and practice acceptance of the situation that you were in. Um, and that also, you know, just changing your narrative is a thing that you can work on doing and accepting instead of like constantly saying, okay, each time this comes up, I'm going to choose to be victimized by the situation or I'm going to choose to have pain and have suffering over it. Instead, you can say, no, like I acknowledge and accept my pain, but I'm going to move forward from it and mm-hmm. uh, move into that radical acceptance phase and move into the feeling better about it phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yes, it's James. also tied to fairness. Oh, interesting. Uh, and interesting. That's something that I found has been a really useful lesson for me in a lot of areas of my life is letting go of the need for life to be fair, uh, because the truth is that it's, it's not, not. <laughs> uh, and that it can be really easy to focus on certain areas of unfairness. So in this kind of situation about feeling like, you know, maybe there's an unfairness that my partner did this thing and they've never had to deal with that same kind of betrayal. So they don't understand it. And that's so unfair and you can get that comes up so often. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And that this can also come up in, in all sorts of other areas, you know, involving jealousy and things like that, but letting go of the idea that things need to be fair can be really helpful. And part of, part of that is accepting that life isn't fair and accepting that, that, is sometimes a good thing for you Hmm. that there's a lot of unfairness in the world. Like the fact that it's unfair that you are someone who can afford a device on which you can listen to a podcast (laughs) because there are other people that can't Right? that. That's, that's not fair. There is no justice there. There is no fairness there. You didn't do something cosmically (laughs) to to earn that, that, to deserve that. That's just unfair, Mm -hmm. but that one worked out for you. Maybe in this other case, something didn't work out for you. And obviously, that's just a silly little example. But when you look at all of life, like everything is unfair. All of us have different advantages and disadvantages that we didn't get to choose, that we didn't earn, that we didn't deserve. They just happened. And by accepting that on that bigger scale can also help you let go of it in these sorts of personal situations in your relationship. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's Sorry, a, I got real deep there. That's a big one. That's, <laughs> no, no, that's like important. It. It's a really like big it. one. So those are our strategies that we suggest for you if you want to take this journey of healing and you know working through letting go of some old wounds or some old hurts in your relationships. However, if you're making effort and you're finding like you truly just can't let it go. You know, maybe you're trying to do mindfulness and resourcing and replacement. You're trying to collaborate with your partner on changing each other's stories. You know, maybe you're you're trying to have radical acceptance or forgiveness and it's still there. It's still hurting. It's still coming up. There can be a couple different ways to go. Um, First of all, that can actually be a sign that you know, if you've examined it and you've noticed that, well, my partner's not actively doing anything to hurt me, you know, my our relationship is still good, our communication is good, it's just this thing in the past, that then you can start thinking about it less of 
being like a present hurt that's happening in your relationship and thinking of it more of like, okay, well, this is baggage now. And I mean, mm. baggage is not something that we want to have, but by recognizing it as baggage... We all definitely have it. Yeah, yeah. But by recognizing it as baggage, that can help to take away some of its power. Is yeah. if you can understand like, oh, okay, so now this is like a like a mental habit that I have. This is some baggage that's hanging on. Now I can treat it as that and help to let go of it then rather than treating it like an act of hurt. You know, it can be helpful to take it to a therapist or to a professional. Um, you know, it, I think that that mental transition can really help to take away the power. It reminds me a little bit of um, a story that I heard a long time ago where you know, there's this married couple that's been married for 50 years and they, they're having their 50th anniversary. And in, I forget who, but in asking one of the partners, um, you know, what's it like being married to Bob, we'll say, <laughs> for 50 years? Um, and the answer is, oh, I've been married to 10 different people. They all just happen to be Bob and happen to exist in the same human body. But he's been... <laughs> 10 different people over these 50 years or, or however many that we are always changing. And this idea of mm-hmm. baggage, that when you think about, I have baggage from a past relationship. If I get triggered about it, I can go, okay, wait, hold on. That was someone else. That's not the relationship I'm in now. And it allows you to kind of let go of it. Even if it still makes things a little more painful, you can have that mental process that you can actually do that in an existing relationship. So mm-hmm. instead of, oh, I'm triggered about something you did before, which must mean we have a problem right now. Instead, it's, ah, shoot, I was triggered by something, right? But that's from past Dedeker. Yeah, that's, that's from the version from, you were right? five years <laughs> that, ago. That's yeah. not yeah. from the you right now. That's not from the relationship I have right now. Mm-hmm. That just that can give you that little edge, can give you a little more power over this thing instead of letting it control you and dictate how you think about your relationship. Right. Yeah. Um, And then unfortunately the last thing that you may have to do is that it may be a sign that this was enough of a boundary violation that you need to not be in the relationship. If it's constantly affecting you guys, if it's constantly causing issues and problems, if you're constantly worried about it or guilty about it, then potentially it's a better idea to not be in the relationship anymore, which is sad and that sucks, but sometimes it's the reality of the situation. Yeah. This could happen on the other side too, Mm -hmm. where it's, you know, perhaps... You're bringing this up so much. Right. Yeah, and I feel like we need to be over it and move on, and you just can't move on, so I can't continue being in a toxic relationship with you. And again, there's not a clear answer of no. how long is too long mm. but it is something that you do need to ask yourself at some point yeah. is it healthy for me to continue to be in this relationship where this is coming up right right and kind of related to the last point that of course you know when we talk about radical acceptance and forgiveness and things like that the only exception to this is if you're in an actually abusive relationship in which case it's probably this case where it's you know enough of a boundary violation that you shouldn't be in the relationship that no yeah. amount of you trying to forgive and accept is going to help make a relationship not abusive. So so it is important to check in in that regard. Um, and usually abusive relationships involve active hurts happening multiple times. It's not just about one hurt in the past. Um, yeah, I was going to say that that's a good yeah. way to check in is with all of these, is it hard to get over this because 
more things like it keep happening. Right. Because that's a different sort of problem. Yeah. That is something yeah. that is a more active problem and really needs to get addressed and and might be more likely to result in this of needing to get out of that relationship or significantly change that relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is a little bit of a different topic than this Mm -hmm. one, but it's good to keep Mm -hmm. it in mind because it's easy to confuse the two. Right. It's like, I don't know why I can't get over this, you know, breach of trust. It's like, oh, well, because they keep violating my trust. (laughs) Yeah. Because they keep doing little things. Maybe they're smaller things, but Uh that there keeps being things that are actually trust violations and not just things that remind me of that. Mm, Right. There's, Mm -hmm. and it's, it can be tricky to it can be tricky to make sure you're actually aware of that difference right. when you're feeling emotional about it. Right. Um, yeah. But all right. All right. I Somebody hope this, take us home. I hope this was helpful for everyone. Uh, these are all techniques that we've had to use ourselves and that have been really helpful. Things that we've gotten from all different schools of thought mm-hmm. and all different ways of looking at problems. Um, I hope that you don't have this problem at all, but if you do, (laughs) if you do, I think some of these tools could be really helpful for you as well as going Mm -hmm. back to listen to our apology languages episode. Thank you all so much. If you have a specific question or a comment that you would like to be played on our show, you can call our number at six, seven, eight, M U L T I zero five. Or you can leave us a voice message through Facebook Messenger. Leave an audio message to Multiamory. Uh, or if you don't want to have something played on the show and have us discuss it on air, you can also just email us at info at multiamory.com. Or you can send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. To support our show and to join our private Facebook community, go to patreon.com slash multiamory. Multiamory is created and produced by Dedeker Winston, Emily Matlack, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP.